This week's episode of the Star Wars Report is brought to you by the good folks supporting us over on patreon.com slash starwarsreport. Let's do the show, folks. Come, come, come. And who might you be? It's the Star Wars Report. Star Wars Report. Woo! Star Wars Report. The place for Star Wars news, features, interviews, and more. Then we can do something epic. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Please delete as appropriate. The Force. It's calling to you. Just let it in. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Star Wars Report podcast. The fallout continues from Star Wars Celebration. We've got a lot to talk about this week. Hey, I'm your host, Riley Blanton. So glad you've joined us for the this week's podcast. It's the Star Wars Report podcast. It's just a fun hour of Star Wars talk radio, if it were on the radio, but it's not. Isn't that right, Mr. Mark Hurlman? <laughs> we're not on the radio? Oh, man. Wait, what? All this, all what? this antenna equipment. I'm, but why is it so hot in here? I've got the, I've got it cranked up. I thought we were broadcasting. I know <laughs> you think we did, but we don't. How's it going, man? That's going great, man. What a great weekend we had. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I saw some Endgame action, some oh, yeah. Game of Thrones. I went on a hike, it's a big week. an aluminum boat out. I mean, oh man, I've been busy. I sounds like it, man. Yeah, it's been a big weekend for media, Star Wars and non-Star Wars. Um. Hey, let's also bring him in. He's the producer of the fine program, uh, a gentleman and a scholar and a world traveler, the one and only Bruce Gibson. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm coming to you live from Williamsburg, Virginia. Yes, Williams, indeed. Williamsburg, yes, indeed. Virginia. Uh, class. He, he, uh, ready for, uh, what is it, a uh, convention of states, I believe, is what you guys, I don't know what you're doing. It sounds like that. I don't know what Yeah. Well, you know, it's very colonial here. I figured, That's the thing. I figured. I figured. And but, then the next day I'll be in the Poconos in Pennsylvania. So everyone, come see my act. I'm performing. <laughs> Coming up, you'll be playing in Madison Square Garden. No, wait, what? No, no, no. Hey, guys, we got some news. <laughs> we have something to report. Yeah. Those, uh, I have the news. Data brought to us by the Bothan Spies. We can send a clear transmission. There it is. Listen, listen. And now, of course, you've had a chance to see the uh, Rise of Skywalker trailer, oh, about uh, 500 times, I'm sure. I finally got to see it in theater. That I did, too. Yeah, yes. that was fun. I was in-game. It was, you know, it was interesting. I was, um, I was a little disappointed in, in, in the movie theater going experience for the various trailers opening night of really? Avengers Endgame. No spoilers, guys. Don't really? worry. Really? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there I was sitting in, right in the middle of the theater, and there's like, it's a pretty excited midnight group it's not a rowdy one rowdy are my favorite to watch an opening night marvel but here in san angelo texas <laughs> it was just kind of excited and so there's the stray hooper holler and then um uh and uh, maybe a few gasps or one or two random cheers for a few of the different trailers but aladdin of all trailers not lying aladdin came on and then it goes oh Right, that you know that part. Um, yeah. There's right at the end of the trailer, like the applause, little scattered applause, breaks out, and I'm like, oh yeah, just you guys wait, because I'd already seen <laughs> on like Instagram that my friends who were who had, who'd gone to Avengers were posting that the Star Wars trailer was there, the Rise of Skywalker trailer. So the Rise of Skywalker trailer comes, and it's like a thousand generations, I mean, and it gets to the end, and I just I'm looking left, I look right, I'm like all right, here it is, here. Nothing. 
Nothing. Just nothing uh, for Star see, Wars. See, my experience was the opposite of that. Now, no Mine one was too. applauding for any of the trailers, but as trailers were coming up, I wasn't really hearing much of anything. And then as soon as the Lucasfilm logo came up, uh-huh. I heard several people like, oh, wait, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I started <laughs> hearing things. I was like, oh, yeah, this Murmuring. audience is in for this. Scattered see, I had, a, I had a very excited audience, but I had one D-bag closed-minded guy sitting behind me. Oh, Aladdin, no. come on. He's like, oh, Will Smith's going to be ruining this movie. Then, uh, you know, they had the uh, uh, other trailer come on and he's just like any type of thing that came on with ray when she did the oh my god she's just such a mary sue and i'm like oh god there's one of these guys in the crowd and there was a scene during avengers endgame and he's going off about that too i'm just like man just enjoy the the cinematography here oh gosh i hate those people so much (laughs) jessica get me another beer all right. Yeah. No. Um. <laughs> yeah, we had we had Lion King was one of them. Uh, the Star Wars one, the yeah. Aladdin, and God, I can't think of what the other one was. Oh, Pikachu, Detective Pikachu. My wife oh, was yeah. all like, "Well, I saw like, oh, that one doesn't look fun." And my son's just like, "I can't wait to Dad's going to take me to go see this one." And I'm like, "Oh man, I told you I was going to." At least it's got Ryan Reynolds. I'm like, okay, there's something. I'm I've never. I've never dabbled in Pikachu stuff. Like I know what yeah. it is, but I've never. I mean, well, my son says Charizard, so, and I have no idea what that is. I, I know, right? The, so <laughs> a lot of trailers, we kind of got our own personal, like anecdotal evidence. But now the numbers are in the hard numbers. <laughs> the Rise of Skywalker trailer has broken records, specifically in its first day. The Rise of Skywalker trailer watched more than 111 million times, million Ooh. times, which is 20 million more than The Last Jedi, and oh. uh, is more than double the views of the Force Awakens teaser that got its first, it got it in its first 24 hours of November 2014. So, in terms of Ooh. Star Wars, the Rise of Skywalker trailer has been faring uh, overall since it premiered. It received 87 million views through YouTube alone from various channels, which also outpaces Rogue One's 87 millions. But it still lags behind The Force Awakens 103 million and The Last Jedi 119 million. So it's getting there. But uh, yeah, there is. Well, because The Last Jedi ruined everything. No one cares about <laughs> Star Wars anymore. Do, do you think, though, that, that maybe the, the lack of streaming of the trailer there at, at the people in the convention that might have added to that? Because I remember Anaheim, I was streaming out in the parking lot. I was watching that trailer, but I did hear a lot of people going, no, I missed it. Like, what? They're not allowed to stream. I'm like, wait, That's what? true. Are you serious? I'm sure it's mostly like the, I mean, that may have boosted it a few thousand, but um, be inter- it, it, it does seem to be tracking well. And mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, I think it's very helpful that it's playing in front of Avengers Endgame, which is yeah. currently like breaking all the records ever for everything. Um, yeah, you're so. not going to have this. I didn't know there was a Star Wars movie coming out this Christmas. Like, right. That's when Solo's trailer should have been on. Was They should have just saved Solo for now, for this May. Right. So it played with the Endgame movie. Mm. There we go. <laughs> then people would have known about Solo. The other reason I think that the videos are and trailers, especially for this movie, The Rise of Skywalker, are performing better on YouTube is because baby boomers have finally figured out how to use YouTube by now. So now they can actually <laughs> go true. and watch the trailer. Uh, that's that's <laughs> fair. That's a fair point. Well, we alluded to it, but in-game, uh, north of 1.2 billion in its five-day opening, which, which beats The Force Awakens, making it now the biggest opening of all times. Wow. So and well, that that's adjusted because I when I was trying to find adjusted yeah. things I kept seeing some very swayed numbers like like the a new hope some of them it was number two and some of them was like number four and I'm like which one am I supposed to follow here yeah. I don't know <laughs> yeah who's adjusted this. <laughs> 
Hmm. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of data here, um, Bruce. I know you put put the story in. There's some interesting data. Like, for example, the largest Friday opening uh, uh, was previously Star Wars: The Force Awakens at 119, but for this time, it's 156 in its mm-hmm. opening day. Jeez. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. Largest. Oh, a 90% share. <laughs> 90% of people who went to a movie theater saw Avengers this past weekend. Oh, geez. Wow. Oh, man. Um, but oh, yeah, I feel bad for those other movies. I, I, it's going to be a high bar this year, but I mean, Disney's walking away with the win. There's just no doubt no, about it. <laughs> no, no, they are rolling in cash. Bob Iger is once again getting a second mattress full of cash. The worldwide opening weekend is kind of the the biggest number. uh, Was Infinity War before, and that was six hundred and forty million. This is one point two billion. It almost doubled the worldwide opening weekend. One point two billion dollars in one weekend. Now, Force Awakens two one day records too. One hundred million and fastest to one hundred and fifty million all in one day. Yeah, (laughs) no, I know, right? It's re- it's it's it's. I mean, congratulations, and it's like it's it's a great movie. Uh, if you haven't well, seen it, go see I, it. But were your guys' theaters doing what mine did? Mine originally only had three showings, right? Oh, but geez. they sold out so fast that by the time I was watching the second showing, they had already scheduled two more theaters for that night because they had so much overflow. I mean, Grass Pass is a small city, so like they don't have the yeah. buy your tickets four months in advance. They have it like you might be able to get your tickets like a week in advance, but even then, like most yeah. people in Grass Pass aren't quick to get on but that even then you have side. To they come down the and they're like, what do you mean it's sold out? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, no, it's interesting to see. And I wonder if, and, and I know this wasn't in the notes, but I, it, it makes me curious, is there ever a Star Wars movie that reaches this level or has or is Disney's uh, juggernaut officially Marvel and Star Wars is now second fiddle? Bruce. We'll know after this film. I mean, the, yeah. the one thing Marvel has going for it is 22 movies that any one of those fans could have watched that one and was like, well, I'll see what this, you know, this is the end of it all. I'll just jump into that one. So you've really got a wide net of people that have already seen movies and are already invested in your timeline. Star Wars does have a big amount, but you're looking at yeah. nine, 12 or so films at this point. It's definitely a smaller margin, but Star Wars has been around for a, a much longer chunk of time than the Marvel movies have been overall so you've got that nostalgia so i really think that it's going to be a tough neck-to-neck competition here i mean that's i think that was the one thing for me like i came out of that that was the first thing i was thinking is oh my god that bar is really high i'm not sure how well yeah i mean because there's still people that are feeling a little butthurt about the last jedi that i don't know if that's going to be enough to throw anything yeah but I mean, that it could, and I'm definitely curious to see where it goes, because I think once you get to that first day and, and you're going to see that first, within that first 24 hours, it's going to be either obvious that Star Wars still has the staying power that I hope it does, or we're going to find out that, hey, Marvel is Disney's uh, golden egg right now, and Star Wars is definitely a, a big second, because you got to think about the stuff in the park and stuff. I mean, like, yeah, that's you know, true. You, you Galaxy's get park, Edge is- you're getting much better experience with the stormtroopers and stuff than you go to the park and you have an experience with their cap and Marvel. It's not Chris Evans. You know, I mean, so, whereas like with the Stormtrooper, it's anybody in a costume, like it really, you can have that authentic feel, but you're looking at these Black Widows and these other characters and you're like, that's not really Black Widow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think with Star Wars, the rise of Skywalker is going to meet the level of Endgame. Because I think Endgame is a very unique film because it really is the combination of 
a bunch of different movies. I mean, everybody says Marvel like it's one thing, but it's really separate franchises that combines all of these different franchises into one. So it's yeah. like this mega blockbuster. Like if you if you like Captain America and Iron Man, then you're going to see this. But you know, even if you don't like them, but you like you know Guardians of the Galaxy and you know Spider Man or what? I mean, it's like. It's it's like taking all these movie franchises or comic franchises and putting in one big epic battle yeah. in game. I mean, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it'll be interesting to see. I, and I think, um, yeah, it is. It's a it's a unique beast. I don't think you, Star Wars can really can really even hope to get close. Like, well, unless they me. put Will Smith in there as the genie that's and true. the Lion and then King the, and combine uh, them all into one. That's true. <laughs> um, exactly. Um, well, hey guys. You thought Toys R Us was dead. Well, not, don't they got those little pallets now inside other stores? Not yet. Jeffrey's Toy Box or something. I know, right? <laughs> um, a little Toys R Us is coming back. New York Post is, rep- uh, is reporting that True Kids Brands, is a, which is a licensing form, firm, rather, formed last year uh, it, by creditors of the of the ill-fated Toys R Us. They plan to open a handful of U.S. stores in time for the Christmas shopping season. Guys, Toys R Us mm-hmm. is back. You know I've been mm-hmm. you know I've been clamoring for this for for, mm. for for years. Well, I remember they said there for a while they had the whole Jeffrey's toy box, and it was certain stores that they would get like a pallet in the store that had some Toys R Us like exclusive type merchandise that they still had. But this sounds like they're doing the same thing, kind of like what those Christmas cities kind of do, or not Christmas cities, but the Halloween cities and stuff, where they just pop up store, just comes in, sells out. I mean, and Toys R Us always made a bank come Christmas time, so that's a brilliant one. Plus, then you don't have to worry about renting the business for a year round if they decide to bail out, or they could find out, hey, you know, this is doing a lot better than we thought, and maybe we'll keep a couple of these going. I mean, that's what excites me. I'm really bummed. I'm in the generation of KB Toys, Toys R Us, uh, and oh, there's I one went, other. I went I to K- I was. went to KB Toys back in the day, the yeah. out the outlet store. I remember that's where I got some of my first Star Wars Lego sets way back, way back in the day. For, for me, it was Transformers. I got some of my first Transformers from them. Whereas Toys R Us, that was all I was. I was big in the Ninja Turtles back in the day. My parents would, for Christmas, give me and my sister uh, fifty bucks that so we could then go to take to Toys R Us, right? And my sister was smart. She come by with like. 108 items and i come out with like one ninja turtle thing like the sewer the blimp the turtle van and i'd be so butthurt and bent that she had like 51 items who's <laughs> not fair she had the same amount of money it's not fair yeah you could have done whatever you wanted yeah ah, good times good times yeah no indeed good well, times KB's- KB Toys, I mean, this sounds like this version of Toys R Us will be more like KB Toys than the old version of Toys R Us because these stores, they're saying, are 10,000 square feet where they used to be anywhere between twenty to 50,000 square feet. So this is just a fraction of the size of what Toys R Us used to be, and there's not going to be that many. I doubt Grant's Pass is going to be the first one to get a Toys R Us. Oh, oh yeah. no, we didn't. I mean, our, the Toys R Us was the closest we had was Medford. I mean, Medford yeah. gets everything. Yeah, Medford. that's true. Darn you, Medford. <laughs> Maybe you'll get yeah. a Babies R Us. <laughs> I miss. I, I kind of want to go back to uh, to Oregon at some point. There's that the one yeah. time, the one time way back in the day. Hey, um, brother, let's do a road trip together. Go see Mark. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't, yeah, would, we'll wouldn't that be fun? That'd be amazing. Yes. That'd be amazing. Uh, well, hey, uh, tomorrow, or actually, as you're listening to this podcast yesterday, um, we have Star Wars Dooku Jedi Lost. It's that audio drama. A prequel audio drama. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We talked about this a few 
weeks ago, but it's the, it's written by uh, Kevin Scott, and uh, it's a 382 minute long narration with a full cast of uh, voice actors. Uh, I, I don't really recognize any of the voice actors outside of um, Mark Thompson, who's like the standard Star Wars audiobook guy. See, and what's curious about this is it, it talks about narrator Mark Thompson, who also performs the role of Master Yoda. But I've heard people saying that the characters themselves are going to be doing their own narration. And I've, I, I'm like, wait, what? That's, to me, well, I'm, 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 I like how this reads because it actually take, sounds um, more like Mark Thompson's doing the narration, yeah. but also performing as Yoda. Well, let's to take me, a, that's the way they should do it. Let's take a listen, Mark, because they released Ooh. also a uh, excerpt via audio. Let's take a listen oh, right here. Oh, blow my mind. My sister. Dooku raises a hand, using the force to click off the hologram. We communicated for years, sending messages back and forth across the stars. Using hollow messages. Was that allowed? No, but it didn't stop us. I had no idea that she'd kept recordings. Not until I finally came home. Where is she now? Gone. Taken from me. I have many enemies, Ventress. The things they would do to her to learn my secrets. The torture they would inflict. But not the Jedi. They do not torture. Are you sure? It is not their way. That amuses him. A smile tugs at his mouth, but there is no warmth to hmm. it. This is yeah. the Dooku I have come to know. The mask is... So sort of like the inner dialogue, which is also narration, is the yeah. voice of the character. Interesting. So, okay, so this... Okay, so that is a little rough. I think that will be a little rough, a little throw off-putting. I wish we'll they would have gone with Mark Thompson doing the in-betweens, but I can understand from an editing standpoint how big a chore that would be. And I'm actually just really stoked that they're doing this in general. I hope sure. down the road we get a print version just because I'm, I'm a fan of all mediums getting that treatment. But this is exciting. The fact that they're doing this again, I mean, this is like up there with the, uh, what, NPR days, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, it's true. Well, um, yeah, Penguin Random House, uh, delve into the history of the sinister Count Dooku in an audio original. Darth Tyrannus, Count of Sereno, leader of the Separatists, a red saber unsheathed in the dark. But who was he before he came, before he became the right hand of the Sith? So just, uh, Star Wars Dooku Jedi Lost out well, tomorrow as we're recording this. Crazy, crazy. So uh, if you want audio... Listen, guys. If you want audio dramas, and I'm usually like... I usually don't pitch... I usually reserve this for like our own Patreon push. But I'm just going to say this. As a huge fan of the prequels and a huge fan of audio dramas, go buy this. Go buy this. We'll have a link in the show notes. But uh, at Penguin Random House, Amazon, actually buy it. Don't just get it on your Audible. Buy the actual audiobook and uh, show... Uh, random house that we want audio dramas because I want more of these. So I'm really hoping that it's a success. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what? If, wait. What if this one sucks and now you're gonna regret regret asking for more of these? 
Oh, well, well, uh, well but <laughs> think right now, though, I mean, I mean, you know, Master and Apprentice is out and Dooku roughly has a role in that. I mean, mostly in the aspect of, well, he was my master and he was your master because Qui-Gon yeah. and, and, and Rail Avaros both were under Dooku. So, I mean, Dooku is a, a theme and a character that does come up throughout that. Plus, you got all the great things about the uh, season six of the Clone Wars where we saw that stuff with yep. the Saz Ventress. Yep. Plus, you've got, you know, you know where she's going to go. So she's a character that we know her fate but we don't know the the highs and lows you know we just know that at one point she said i am sith and then of course dooku's like no you ain't but that's not canon anymore so this is our next no you ain't i'm just looking forward to that you know i, I love how she's always been the sith apprentice yet not a sith apprentice and you know now that we've had that new the new change from legends canon has definitely kept that theme of well she definitely thinks she's a sith apprentice and sidious definitely doesn't like the fact that she's being trained like a sith apprentice and I, to me, that's one of the, the best things about that character is that shift for me and the way they've embraced that. And now we're getting to go back and see her in that time frame like that. That's that's awesome. I love that character. Just the more I get, the more I get excited. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> no, definitely. Yeah, and I think Mark is one of the uh, um, actors, voice actors in the audio dramas, because I heard some things in there that sounded like it was from the audio drama. Oh, hmm. That's... There's voices that he has. He does a good Asaz Ventress. Oh, that is. <laughs> oh, geez. Oh, geez. You're listening to the Star Wars Report. I find your lack of faith disturbing. Bow, wow, wow, wow. Hey, guys. That's right. It is the Star Wars Report podcast. So glad that you have. Joined us. Hey, I want to take a brief moment to say thank you and a big shout out to everybody supporting us over at patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. Uh, make sure you head over there uh, and become a Star Wars Report patron today. What is a patron? What is Patreon? Well, it's a way of chipping in a couple bucks and getting some sweet, sweet bonus content and helping keep this show afloat and know that you're contributing directly to the Star Wars Report podcast three tiers there's the tip jar jar for a dollar rogue transmissions exclusive weekly episodes uh, those are our mini episodes that we release every week for at five dollars and fifteen dollars for the bothan council membership make sure you check it all out at patreon.com slash star wars report that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash star wars report our most recent episodes are uh let's see and i'm actually i'm looking at our at our site right now our most recent episodes, we were at, we just hit number 70, Rogue Transmission number 70, but we're always talking a little bit usually in the pre-show uh, about the old Star Wars, especially like at, uh, when we're doing event coverage, like uh, Celebration, and then uh, we just decided to make that a show exclusive for Patreon, so things like uh, Bruce's uh, check-in from Celebration, talking about the uh, New Hope 4K copy that a friend of mine uh, sent me uh, a scan of the old theatrical edition. Mm. Uh, me talking about uh, my tattoo. And we got the two so, episodes of Growing Up Hurleman, too. Know, <laughs> you yeah, know, Mike got, loves don't those. Don't forget, yeah, <laughs> Growing Up Hurleman, if you want to hear all the drama of Mark's life. So all of these rogue transmissions are available uh, right there on Patreon, as well as we uh, are, have available every single episode of the Star Wars Report ever, all in one archive. So check it out, patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Star Wars Report. Worth a lot to me. As you wish. 
That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Every every week we like to talk about something that we've read, listened to, experienced in the world of Star Wars. And uh, this week is no different. Uh, I'm going to let whoever raises their hand first. Okay. Uh, <laughs> go for it between Mr. Bruce and Mr. Mark. Uh, what have you guys been up to this week? Oh, oh Mark raised his hand. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Well, so I haven't been getting the, uh, the Disney po- uh, Penguin Random House books the disney press books of late but i did get the del rey master and apprentice uh review copy and i'm halfway oh. through that and then lo and behold an advanced review copy of alphabet squadron showed up now advanced review copies since the switch from legends to canon has uh they have not been putting out very far advanced now alphabet squadron i think comes out in either june or july so i was really stoked and i'm, I'm i just hit that halfway point on master and apprentice but at the same time even though i'm excited to get the alphabet squadron Claudia Gray writes such masterfully that I'm at that point where I can't put the book down. I'm like really starting to fly through it. And that's in spite of the fact that I'm not exactly digging the relationship between Jin and Obi-Wan because, you know, I'm a big Legends fan, you know, and I'm not trying to say Legends is better here, but uh, Jude Watson's story of Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon, them coming together, those kids books and stuff. I started while Obi-Wan was 13 and that journey really set in tone who obi-wan was for me in the relationship there and when i got to that moment in episode one where obi-wan's cradling and i'll train the boy master like that got to me and i've just got i'm, I'm about one or three-fourths of the way through master apprentice now and i got to the point where where Jin explains to kenobi why he had him do form one and i'm not gonna spoil anything beyond that the 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 way that Kenobi embraced that sensation, like I'm finally feeling that again, and I'm just like I'm starting to really love it. Whereas first I was just kind of like, man, I don't know, because the the time placing for this, Kenobi is 17, right? And so like that's the end of his his apprenticeship basically. So I was having a real hard time with that because I really wanted to get more of that backstory. But one thing Claudia Gray is really good at is seeding her story with backstory in a way where it doesn't feel like you're reading two different stories. Where lately a lot of books there's this this whole backstory that's happening off and on, and it kind of feels like you're reading two books that should have been either separated or you should have read one time frame and then got to the other. Claudia Gray's masterful at, at mixing and interweaving those. And I've gotten to a point now where I'm just like, I cannot set this book down. And I'm excited to get the Alphabet Squadron, but I'm also sad that Master of Apprentice is going to come to an end. And there's yeah. still so much about their relationship that I want to know. <laughs> well, so you're about halfway through? Uh, three fourths now. Yeah, I mean, I oh, wow. I was halfway through when Master or, or with Alphabet Squadron showed up, and it really kicked in. And then once I got half, once you hit halfway, it gets really hard to put it down. The events, the way things are moving forward, uh, you know, the the, the plot that's going on with uh, Arrow or Arrow. I mean, uh, the other Jedi that's on the planet, like that gets so intense. And it's one of those like you almost feel it's like the like the prestige where you're picking up on things early on, and then as you're going, you're like, "Oh, I'm kind of right," and then like, "No, I'm not as right as I thought I was." And, Damn it! Who's doing it? Someone's a traitor! Like, I'm I'm really getting into this book, man. It's and I have to say, Claudia Gray is probably easily hands down the new Timothy Zahn of the new canon. What Timothy Zahn was hey, for Legends and helping Legends jump in. Put that crap on the inside jacket. Mark right? Perlman from the Star Wars Report, the new Timothy Zahn. Uh, Damn right. <laughs> so, uh, Mr. Bruce, what's uh, what's going on in your Star Wars fandom this week? Well, as I mentioned earlier, I'm in Williamsburg, Virginia, and then tomorrow I am driving to the Poconos. So that's several hours of a road trip, and I downloaded Master and Apprentice, the audiobook. So starting tomorrow, I'm oh. getting 
to start that book and go through the experience that Mark is describing. Now, here's the thing. The timing of this means that I'll only get a little bit halfway through. But now what Mark's saying, like, you know, you want to just keep going. I might just keep driving. I might end up in Maine (laughs) at this point because I'm all excited for this one. I wanted to read the new novel, audio novel that we just mentioned about earlier, that drama. Yeah, Um, yeah. But, you know, I got to get this one done first and then I'll jump to the next one. I think I have it yeah. pre-ordered on my on my Audible as well. I'm, I'm trying to remember what I have there. Um, what's the last Star Wars book you read? Out of curiosity, Bruce. Mine is Queen's Shadow. And it, audio Did you do audiobook or regular? No, I usually read. I don't do the audiobooks that often. But I've got so much reading, I'm falling behind on stuff. I decide since I had the long trip, I should just do this one as an oh, audio so this, book. But oh, usually I read it. Is there anything particular that convinced you to do audio or just like because of the road trip? Because of the road trip. I would have probably, well, yeah, I I probably would have sat down and read this one, but because I'm like running short on time and falling behind, I was like, this is the best time to knock this out. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. Because I still have like, I have a couple, uh, my work schedule hasn't allowed me to have much free time, but I have in my Audible library currently the Star Wars Pirates Price, which Mm. is Jim Cummings does the voice so it's one of those examples it's only five hours and 11 minutes but i'm i st- started just to sample it and i really liked the sample uh and then i also have queen's shadow um as well in my audible ready to listen to hmm i'm looking at yeah narrated by jim cummings and it just looks like mm-hmm. listen to, i love audible. she listen wouldn't to this. unless she had to and that remained to be seen Still, the way he had his back to half the room struck Bazine as unnecessarily careless and ridiculously trusting. It certainly spoke to his legendary overconfidence. In fact, Hondo wasn't so much sitting in his chair as sprawling in it. A drink in one hand and three sabach cards in the other. He wasn't playing it close to the vest either, but swinging his sabach cards in time with the music as she approached him from one side, Bazine could easily glance at his hand. He had a two, a three, and the face card known as a Psylop, sometimes called the idiot. He was grinning like one too, although, judging from the pile of credit chips on the table, it looked as though the Swerton was the one who was winning the most. It's just like great. I love that is good. Yeah, and so they have that, and that's what they've been doing with some of these um, junior novels is making a um, audio version of it. So like Lando's Luck is also now an audio um, (laughs) uh, mid grade, an audio novel, which is all about Lando Calrissian and the droid L three on an adventure uh, when they uh, won the Millennium Falcon. So I mean. I'm sold. I, I, I love that they're doing this. Um, so I, I imagine I will be dipping into Star Wars audiobooks just a little bit more in the near future. But that's not my, that's not my uh, Boba's Bounty, gentlemen. Oh, oh my. Oh, I have there's been, more. And I kind of, because there wasn't a lot of really deep discussion-worthy news this week. However, gentlemen, allow me to the op- open the old uh, uh, book, the... the um, Open the case file, that is, mm-hmm. of the Star well, the Wars off. prequels. Oh, yeah, yeah. You've all heard of them, right? We, or have we forgot? Have we forgotten? That's a little too much emphasis. Have we no. forgotten the Star Wars That's, prequels? 
That's no. the pre pre sequel, right? And no, <laughs> we haven't forgotten them because we're reading books that take place during that time. That is true. That's you right. make a good point. Right. You make a good point. <laughs> That's right. Uh, well, neither have I forgotten them because, gentlemen, the journey of watching the Star Wars saga with my girlfriend continues. Oh yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, we just completed Revenge of the Sith last night. Are you doing it in chronological order? Uh, kind of. It's a whole thing. I'll, I'll say it super. I mean, it always is a whole thing. I mean, I, that's, you know, it's so that, that unique we, question we didn't put that a everybody lot of, asks us. <laughs> listen, guys, Don't Eat Me Alive didn't put a lot of thought into it. Because mm. I didn't really think it mattered. Because she's seen them before growing up. Some okay, of them. Yeah. She saw the original trilogy growing up. And she saw Attack of the Clones with her dad. She specifically so remembered no it. big surprise here at this point. But she doesn't remember any of it. It was once when she was like nine years old. She doesn't remember mm. this. She's not like a super uber Star Wars fan. She just like, enjoyed the but movies growing gonna up. she's going to know Vader is uh, Luke's dad. Sure, yeah. Right. The the big it, spoilers. Yeah. But here's the thing. Like, And as I've talked about Bruce, I know I was talking to you about this, but like, as we watch The Phantom Menace, you know, it's hilarious because she thinks Jar Jar's kind of goofy and funny and really likes it and likes how it's kind of more lighthearted and fast-paced than the originals. She likes all that. But also, like, the surprises, like uh, who Palpatine is, Senator Palpatine, that's like a big group. She's like, wait, he's the emperor? It's like this mm-hmm. big realization for her, or like when Padme's not is Padme, but isn't the the but is Padme? It's Queen Padme. Uh, mm-hmm. Padme's the queen. Like those are the moments that got her. But so now we get to Revenge of the Sith, and I'm like, this is going to be interesting. And um, there's a bunch of interesting observations she made. It's a very new and refreshing way to watch Star Wars, is with someone who hasn't seen it before and she has well, especially when they want to you know well, yeah. and she <laughs> it's different than when you're dragging them into the seat sure. you're like well what'd you think what'd you think i would ca- i would call it um adjacent curiosity would be how i would describe her <laughs> level of passion <laughs> uh, which is fine which is fair so we get to revenge of the sith and she um uh, the, the sort of overarching, because there's a lot of interesting things about watching this mo- a movie with someone who hasn't seen it before. She hadn't seen it before, actually. Um, so when the moment that, well, A, she cried twice. Mm-hmm. It was rough. It's a rough movie to watch. It is a rough, especially when you're invested in it well, enough to. I, I mean, teared up. Listen, to I cried. One and you're like, Hoo-hoo. I cried the first time I watched it during Order 66. Mm-hmm. She didn't really. I mean, it was sad, but she didn't really care about what say. The things that the two things that really got to her was killing the younglings, mm-hmm. and the um, uh, Anakin burning alive. I hate you. You are my brother, Anakin. Like that. Those say, are, is it bad yes. that that you are my brother actually brings more of a tear than him choking his wife out? Like I feel like a part of me that like bad. Like I should. Well, I should feel worse for that. <laughs> and yet the way Ewan McGregor drops that line, "You are my brother." Oh, I just said you would destroy the sin. Not See, and that too. Oh man, Bruce, when you get to that in Master Apprentice, that line is so much more powerful because of the the. Oh yeah, Jin is big on prophecy. I mean, we we knew that from watching the movie, but Claudia Gray does a great job. Oh yeah, oh good stuff. At all, time. all right, I'm gonna go listen to it right now. I know. <laughs> so is this scene? You know. It was said that you would destroy this and not join them. Balance to the force. Oh, that's simple, man. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing. I hadn't. It, this. I got a little choked up. I hadn't seen. I haven't seen Revenge of the Sith all the way through in a couple years. I want to say. 
Um, well, I tell you, Riley, the dad thing is when you you want to show your kids these things or your wife or your significant other, and you start showing to them, and then you start to talk about it. And I, I, with my wife around, I cry over the stupidest things because I'm just like, and then it's because you didn't know that was going on. Like, we're watching uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, and I'm the opening scene, I'm looking at his most, most, you know, I'm just blawling all the way through it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And my daughter's just like, when do you not? I'm like, when mom's not around, you get mom not around, I'm like, <laughs> You know, speaking of crying, I'm just gonna throw this out there. The one TV show yeah. that would always make me cry or on the verge of crying was Little House on the Prairie. There's not a freaking <laughs> episode that doesn't make me want to break out crying. I watched that growing up. I know what you're talking I about. That Michael Landon, he is a tearjerker. He yeah. is, even Highway to Heaven. So, oh, dude, man. the scariest Highway to Heaven was when he became the werewolf. I was like, what is going on? What is this evil voodoo? What so, are you doing to him? Yeah, that was scary stuff. So watching this and then, um, uh, let's see. Uh, the, 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 then right at the end of the movie, she said something kind of profound that I thought, um, kind of worked and it was during writing's p- not that easy it was it was just uh, there's the ad uh, it was during Padme's funeral right after she dies and of course she's like oh it's gonna be Luke and Leia yeah, and I'm like yeah it is and um, we get to the final scene right here uh, I'm gonna skip through this we have a little bit here you have the twins She says there's good in him, which is kind of hard for I know. Uh, Savannah to, to uh, my girlfriend, to, to accept because we watched Empire and Jedi, but kind of like half watched it, weren't we like watching it super, super closely. So she doesn't really remember the full arc of Darth Vader, right? So as we're going to go back to the original trilogy after watching the prequels, and I think she'll get a lot more of like who Darth Vader is because she doesn't know of him as she doesn't know he's going to be redeemed, really. Like, I think she remembers... Oh, it ends happy and Luke Skywalker wins. But uh, I don't remember if we skipped that scene or what. But, like, she's like, is there good in him? And then right at the funeral, right here, when you see Padme peacefully lying in the, in the open coffin with her family walking behind, and the camera slowly pans over her with the flowers in her hair, and then it, it zooms over her folded hands, and you see the Japur snippet, and she recognizes it from The Phantom Menace. And she looks over at me and she's, she's like, I get it. This, um, this movie's not really about, it's not like the happy ending. It's not the victory. It's, it's a, it's like a Greek tragedy. And mm-hmm. I was, uh, and I was like, yeah, this is why we're together. You get it. <laughs> no. Uh, well, yeah. well, you get to Return of the Jedi, though. Now the sequel trilogy has pointed out that that's also a tragedy because like Kenobi, Vader struck Palpatine down and he became more powerful than we could possibly imagine. Oh my god, I can't wait. Yeah. So, <laughs> yes. Mm. And you know, Revenge of the Sith is still my favorite Star Wars movie. That's what you texted. Yeah. Uh, Bruce, yeah. I was texting some of the stuff that we're talking about right now. I was texting with you and uh, that was, and you brought that up. Revenge of the Sith remains your favorite? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's just there's just so much drama. There's so many ups and downs. I just I, I don't know. I just really love that movie. 
I think it definitely emotionally hits harder than any of the other movies for me as well. Um, you know, there's just so much on the line with the brotherhood plus the whole romance between his wife and himself and his wanting to save her. And it, I mean, you know, as as someone who's read Stover's novelization for it, just all the background that goes into Padme's character that was left out of the film that was, I mean, we saw some of the deleted scenes of the delegation of the 2000 and stuff and the, the quasi, you know, Obi-Wan's been here, that kind of jealous angle that Anakin had that they left out. Like, Oh man, if they would have left all that stuff in there. I mean, that's part of when she shows up on Mustafar that really gets me. I mean, cause it's just like the culmination of everything. And then there's Kenobi and you're just like, Oh crap. Anakin is going to go full yeah. jealous boyfriend. Ah, uh, yeah. yeah. There's no. so much about it. That's why I gets us man no it's uh, it there's a lot and and sort of kind of seeing she was like are the clones good are the clones bad seeing all these different political factions and then kind of coming to that realization that you know palpatine was pulling the strings the whole time it really just shows the longevity of the prequels and how much she enjoyed it as someone who's not like a big giant nerdy star wars fan but just someone who is watching these movies that she knows um i love and and is curious about and wants to learn more about and has come to really enjoyed the prequels more than the originals but now that we've seen them i have a sneaking suspicion that that tragedy that greek tragedy the rise and fall of anakin skywalker and the transformation of darth vader embracing his selfish ambition and his most dark and possessive instincts that give up his best friend that give up his life that give up his his career that gives up his wife that even in spite of all of that, the darkest parts of Star Wars, the the darkest parts of Star Wars are made more powerful by the original trilogy's brightness. And uh, with that, ladies and gentlemen, we're gonna take a listen to this. I love this. This is my favorite TV spot uh, from Revenge of the Sith. And we'll take a listen before we uh, get done with this episode. Something's happening. I'm not the Jedi I should be. Know the power of the dark side, Anakin. Very dangerous putting them together. I don't think the boy can handle it. Republic, we reorganize into the first galactic empire. The boy you trained, gone he is, consumed by Darth Vader. You were the chosen one. The Jedi turned against me. You turn against me. Anakin, you're breaking my heart. Rated PG-13. All right, folks. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Star Wars Report podcast. Hey, quick shout out to Brian. Brian emailed us. And uh, so, so just said, hi, greetings, fellow Star Wars enthusiasts. Just wanted to uh, just listen to your la- latest episode, the mega recap of all things celebration. Uh, in that, I didn't hear any mention of the Hasbro panel. I didn't get to the panel either due to scheduling conflicts. But I did read an article that uh, Hasbro's unveiled a new prototype lightsaber that was actually made of light uh, and not plastic shaft, which... Um, uh, is sticking out at the end, which origi- which means like a completely new lightsaber of which the actual lightsaber portion hides like it's supposed to, unlike all those plastic ones I had growing up. Uh, but anyway, he says, um, 
The article he uh, originally read, it said, we're almost there, and I got chills. Did any of you? I know not you, Riley. Womp womp. <laughs> he knows that. Not in real acting. But hey, thanks, Brian. He says, um, uh, is it a hoax? I heard that the photos or videos were, no photos or videos were allowed when they were showing it off. I don't know, man. I, if you were at the Hasbro panel at Celebration, email us, starwarsreport at gmail.com to see if this prototype uh, lightsaber is actually a thing that they have. But, uh, Brian, thanks for listening to the show. Thanks as always. And he also, huge thank you to everybody supporting us over at patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. Hey, also a quick shout out. We don't do it very often, but go to audibletrial.com, audibletrial.com slash Star Wars Report and sign up there to get a free audiobook, especially this week where you can get Master and Apprentice or you can get uh, Star Wars Dooku Jedi Lost. With your mm-hmm. Audible credit, Star Wars, or excuse me, audibletrial.com slash Star Wars Report. Doesn't cost you a penny, helps us out, and you can get yourself a free Star Wars audio book. As and always, if you Bruce, don't like it, they let you switch it within a year, too. That's true. True story. Hey, uh, Mr. Herleman, uh, let people know where they can find you on the internet. Logical Rogue 2 on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook as myself. Uh, and that's about it, really. I'm not doing much. Oh, Instagram, I am on there. Yeah. yeah. Illogical- Sharing my scouting adventures. That's right. One, Ill- uh, trip at a time. Illogical Rogue 2. Mr. Bruce Gibson, let people know. Well, my scouting adventures, as I said, are taking me to Pocondo, so you can find me on Twitter <laughs> at Admiral underscore Rex, and you can find me on Trek FM doing Literary Treks, the yep. official Star Trek books and comics podcast of the Trek FM network. Network, network, network. Uh, yes, check it out at Admiral underscore Rex. Of course, I'm on social media at the Riley Guy. A little quick plug, if you haven't checked it out, um, getting ready next week to do more Galaxy's Edge coverage on my Disney podcast with one and only Aaron Goins, uh, Mouse and Castle, the Mouse and Castle podcast. Check it out and subscribe. We've got a lot of Galaxy's Edge stuff for you Star Wars fans. So if you're interested and you like the Disney Disney parks, uh, check it out, Mouse and Castle podcast. Hey, also, uh, send us an email like Bryant did. You can do that at StarWarsReport at gmail.com. And uh, follow us on Twitter at Star Wars Report. Of course, Facebook.com slash Star Wars Report. Be sure to like the page there. And of course, iTunes. Uh, subscribe. Especially if you're already subscribed, make sure you go to the iTunes store or the Apple Podcast app and leave us a rating or a review. It really helps us. Share the show. Let people know. And until next time, may the Force be with you. And remember, many Bothans died to bring you this podcast. So long, folks. Do you remember that TV spot, guys? I I remember watching that. The end of the war is near. Dang. I love how those TV, those Revenge of the Sith TV spots used music from the movie, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was so good. Uh-huh. There's also the they had they basically had they named each TV spot. This was on the the DVD when it came out. I don't remember if you guys uh, remember watching it, but like um, there's <coughs> the what would they the, like? There's protect you, seduction, celebration. Mm-hmm. Oh, this is the funny one. The celebrate. All right, we'll listen to this on the on the. We'll tag the show with this audio. <laughs> this is called celebration, where they try to make Reven- Revenge of the Sith sound happy. Like, come see the last Star Wars movie. Here it is. For 28 years, Star Wars has captured our imaginations. Hello there. On May 19th. This is where the fun begins. Join.
enjoying the celebration of a lifetime. The final installment of the epic Star Wars saga. Destroy the Sith, we must. Star Wars Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, rated PG-13. The saga is complete, May 19th. The saga is complete. May 19th. Batteries sold separately. Also, Bob Iger will buy Star Wars from Lucas in about 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, <clears throat> good times. Good times. All right. Let me uh, let me uh, do this and let me do this. 